And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How about them Cowboys indeed? Big one for you guys this week on About Them Cowboys. One more game for the Dallas Cowboys. We got playoff talk though to talk about. KT is back in the fold. After a game off, maybe get some of his lingering thoughts on the Cowboys' last performance. But this is going to be a fun one because we've got KT's top five albums of all time at the end of this episode. The long-awaited reveal of that. So Don't stay tuned stop for that. Believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see which Journey album it's going to be at number one. Uh, but I'm Kent producing. Joined by three of the best of the best when it comes to talking Dallas Cowboys. Of course, from The Athletic, Saad Youssef is here from The Athletic as well. Father, John Mishota, and from The Freak. Tune in every morning to The Speakeasy. It's KT Von Turner. Welcome back, KT. Hi, Kent. Good to be back. Um, hello, boys. Uh, so here we are, approaching Week 18. Obviously, weird spot that the NFL is in right now, and everyone is just kind of not really even thinking about that too much with what happened with DeMar Hamlin last night. Um, by the way, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. I like to always say that in case, you know, when people listen to this podcast and thing, in case anything has changed and, and that stands here because uh, we all saw what happened on Monday night football. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who have commented on that stuff. Uh, I think for this podcast, let's just kind of, uh, you know, if, if you guys have something you're dying to say about it, but I think we all know that it's just a terrible situation and, they're still waiting on more details to come out. Um, so we can kind of, you know, kind of, kind of look at where we're going. Now, I know Jerry did make some comments this morning and I do want to start there, John, before we kind of look at the Cowboys specifically. Um, some of Jerry's comments about last night, the NFL has decided they're not going to play the Bills and Bengals game this week. Week 18 is not in jeopardy as a whole, though. Am I right? Or is that still up in the air? No, I mean, yeah, I guess it could be, but I, I, it sounds like they're going to still, everything on week 18 is still scheduled. Uh, it's just, are they going to, I don't see how you would be able to make up this Bills-Bengals game. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, the playoffs are going to start the following week. So uh, the NFL is going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that game. But as, as I know, as of right now, week 18, you know, it's still uh, – Cowboys at Washington at, at 420, well, 325 Central, and the Eagles at, and, and uh, the Giants at 325 in Philadelphia. Uh, and then, I mean, so those two games, that'll determine who wins the NFC East. But yeah, as far as I know right now, as we record this, I don't know of anything changing for Week 18. That was really interesting with uh, Brian DeBabau, um going up to the press conference the other day, um, covered in purple Gatorade. And topic came up. Hey, you can rest your starters. And he goes, oh, no, we don't need to rest. I'm wondering if his tone will change. So we get a little closer to Sunday. Obviously, 
a lot of meaning in this. The Cowboys could be the one seed. They could be the two seed. Or they could be the five seed. And it's kind of, it kind of feels weird how we got here because, man, it sure didn't look that way on Thanksgiving or even two weeks ago. But that's where we're at right now. Uh, they're going to run Jalen Hurts out there. The Eagles appear appear to be in a position to run Jalen Hurts out there. And uh, Brian Day Bow Bow is like, oh no, we're gonna we're not going to rest our guys. And seems like he's got an opportunity to do so. So it is interesting. I do like what the league has done from a competitive balance standpoint, at least trying to get these games off at the same time. Um, the Saturday games, I will admit, is do kind of make things a little strange. Um, but here we are. And then Sunday night, you've got a got a game that's like it's Packers and Lions, but the Seahawks play at noon as they still have a chance to sneak in. Uh, I want to mention my friend Jeff Cavanaugh here before we go anywhere because this is more bigger picture before we start talking specifically about the Cowboys. And uh, Jeff, who I do a radio show with in the morning, was really uh, petrified of both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And his question was, who do Cowboys fans, what would they rather have? The bye at home and then face the Grim Reaper Aaron Rodgers? Or just go in, just go in, like win this week, beat Washington, kind of get some good mojo going, and then just go take on Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay. What would Cowboys fans rather have? I think you're crazy if you don't want the the Packers and a bye and being able to play at home. With the Cowboys going eight and one this year, this is as good as they've played at home since I've covered the team. And then the fact that, I mean, you, I mean, heck, let's just take the two games. I mean, you absolutely feel like you should have won that Packers game. You got yeah. manhandled against the Bucks. Also, uh, Tom Brady in the playoffs is way scarier to me than Aaron Rodgers is. As great as Aaron Rodgers is, and I and I think pound for pound, he's the the greatest person to ever throw a football. Uh, he's the greatest thrower of a football. I don't want to say he's the greatest person because he's not that. Um, <laughs> no, we'll you said the, it. We'll say the you greatest <laughs> thrower of a football. But I still, yeah. I mean, the chance to play at AT and T Sam, and in that scenario, you said, you know. They're getting home field. You you absolutely have to take that. I mean, they're both guys that you want to avoid. There's also the other side of that scenario is that what if things shake out to where the Packers are just getting hot at the right time and they they knock out a bunch of teams that you don't want you don't want to have to play anyway, and then you play the Packers in the NFC Championship game at AT and T Stadium. I mean, whatever path that is, you have to be willing to sign up for that too. I mean, if the Packers are going to do your dirty work and knock out the 49ers, I mean, where do you, and oh, I guess in that scenario, wouldn't it be the Eagles too? Yes. Yeah. That's, would that's you sign up get... for that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think easily if it's if it's especially Packers at home, you definitely take that. The other thing is, I think the the Buccaneers are just a like you know they're both obviously on the lower echelon of the playoffs, but I think they're the Buccaneers are just a better complete football team than the Packers are. And on top of that, if you look at the Cowboys matchup, and you know with all due respect to you know Watson catching the ball or you know whatever Green Bay has going on, would you rather? Did you see Mike Evans last week? Did you've seen Chris Godwin? You know what Julio Jones can do? Do you know what your quarterback cornerback situation is? You got Nishan um, Wright. You're, you're fine. <laughs> Calvin Joseph yeah. didn't need him. Do you really want to go against Tom Brady picking on your corner situation? Saad, you, you, you know, with all your watching of Tom Brady over the years, you think Tom's <laughs> going to be able to find Nishan Wright and, and possibly Calvin Joseph? <laughs> tell us, tell us more about that. <laughs> it would Never be torture. These guys. I'm going to go after Trayvon Diggs to prove that I'm the GOAT. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is kind of interesting though that that's what we're kind of looking at. Those are the two most likely foes. I guess it could be 
technically it could be uh, Jared Goff, right? So uh, it could be Geno Smith, but you know the so, way things are going. So who's giving Tom like, Brady the most trouble in the playoffs? What's that? Who no. do you think? Who would you say in his career has given Tom Brady the most trouble in the playoffs? Uh, the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, maybe. Yeah. See, I yeah. feel like it's the Giants just because of the the oh, years yeah. that they played. Him. Yeah, and and I believe it's because of. I mean, Eli Manning. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's he's played well in those games, but I think it's because of the pass rush that the Giants have had up front and the problems that it caused. You look at this Cowboys team on paper. Like, why wouldn't that team be able to? Like, they have the guys up front that should be able to make things difficult on them. Now, of course, we said that going into the opener, and it didn't happen. But you have. Of course, yes, you would like to have three Trayvon Diggs playing all three corner positions for you, and and you would be in great shape. And that's, but what you have at 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 pass rusher, you should have what it takes to do enough to be able to get by Tom Brady. I understand everyone's, you know, they know that he has never, you know, lost to the Cowboys, and I get that. But you do have things that should be able to make it difficult on him. Yeah, no, I agree, and definitely is the Giants with you know. I was just thinking the AFC, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think yeah, the Giants and. You know, they always had a couple, right? It was Strahan and OCU Manura, Justin Tuck, like whatever you had, whatever they had going on. And and I think the Cowboys have just as good of a version of whatever they had in those moments. Strahan was at the end of his career. OCU Manura is fine, but I think, you know, those are measurables, but uh, comparables. But yeah, I think, I, I think straight up going against him, I think you'd rather do that. And, and then again, I've, I, you know, I, I think KT, I think between KT and I, we have a balance of these two guys because I've watched, every single Bucks game this season and I've watched every minute of them and and uh trust me it's not a good football team they're good for about 10 minutes a game they just happen to be good at the right 10 minutes of the game but yeah. they're only good for 10 minutes a game well and, so, and, and also there is comparables between the way the Cowboys have played uh or well, at least we can just use the Packers game you can do that same thing that they did against the Packers and clearly look like the better team, start playing with your food, and all of a sudden, like, they let Aaron Rodgers still back into that game. They could do the exact same thing with Brady. I mean, would anybody be shocked if the Cowboys went into the third quarter up by two touchdowns and then late in the fourth quarter it's an absolute game? Like, no. And if that is the case, yeah, I completely understand why everybody would be terrified. It's wild that the NFC has such a – a, a problem with competence on the back end that Rodgers and Brady are still even in the mix here. I mean, if there is another halfway decent team in the NFC South, Brady ain't in this conversation, right? Um, the Packers, I will say this, the Packers, I'm not here to tell you they're a very good team. I'm here to tell you they're playing very good. And there's an interesting point in the season that has kind of been the turning point of their season. It is the Cowboys win, right? but it is also – Muffed punt from Amari Rodgers. Cowboys already up. Uh, it's 28-14, or I think it was 21-14. Cowboys recover, score, and make it 28-14. And then they basically said, we're not letting Amari Rodgers return punts anymore. In fact, we're going to cut him tomorrow. And Keyshawn Nixon has turned into maybe the special teams player of the year. Yeah, um, that is wild. Huge kickoff return against Minnesota last week. And it's like changed their whole mojo. It was like they have good field position a lot, and – you kind of have a trustworthy guy back there, and that's been the spark. They didn't, their defense is starting to play well. And that's where I kind of go, okay, that's uh, they could be a problem if they beat Detroit. Detroit's not a team I want to play. Detroit is uh, – they're Same. pretty physical, and John might be like, hey, uh, that's not I, a team I don't want to face the underdog, hungry, never been here before, let's prove people wrong team. That seems like uh, 
Detroit this year. And yeah, they scare me a little bit, honestly, more than the Bucks do, because I think you can game plan for the Bucks a little bit better. Detroit will kind of run the ball on you a little bit there, too. I don't mm-hmm. know. There's something something about that. But, you know, either way, we're kind of looking. It's hard for me to imagine a world where the Eagles and 49ers lose on Sunday. Uh, and I realize the Eagles have lost two straight. I just, it just feels like one of those things where all three teams go out and we are close enough to the end here. The Cowboys take care of their business. The Eagles take care of the business. And the 49ers take care of their business. And I know the flip side is it's the NFL and anything can happen. But well, I'll take it's kind it a of step the way I, I see it happening. Well, I'll take it a step further. I feel this way. I was wondering, do you guys feel the same way, though? Everything you just said, but but with the playoffs. Like, I just feel like it's going to be Cowboys have to go through Tampa, then Cowboys have to go through Philly, and then Cowboys have to go through San Francisco. And if it isn't that, if that is not the scenario, I will genuinely be surprised. I would agree. The the wild card element to all of that, I would say, is Brock Purdy. Because, yeah, I don't know about you guys, uh, and I watched San Francisco pretty closely the other day. Um, He's got some good luck on his side. Channel. He's been throwing up some stuff that you're just like, damn, Ayuk's <laughs> coming here's down some, with that, huh? Okay. Yeah, here's a couple of things that happened that's very interesting to me. A, they're never behind the chains, like right. ever. But when they are on third and 10, he'll get pressured and then he'll just narrowly escape and he'll throw the ball away and he'll make the smart play. So like, you know, I don't know. I'm not trying to like uh, dismiss the fact that he's kept them going. He has. And he's well, we haven't even well. seen him with Debo. Haven't even seen him with Debo. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, let's make sure. We haven't, right? He never, uh, Debo was if, already if out, they, right? May, they can yeah, run maybe the ball that first with Brock game, Purdy. Debo, maybe. Brock Purdy doesn't have to sling it around for McCaffrey to tear you up, really. Yeah. So what is the latest with Debo? I mean, is he, I, I know that the, the plan was to have him. Let's see. Uh, he's practicing. Mm. Okay, so they're supposed to get him and Elijah Mitchell back. So I mean, may you th- play this week. Yeah, yeah. You mix him in with Ayuk and Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, Brock Purdy doesn't have to be great. He can just be a really solid game manager. Doesn't turn the ball over. And you couple that with their defense. I mean, again, I'll just be surprised. I'll be surprised if they lose. You know, I will too. I will too. And I, I uh, definitely don't want to play him. San Francisco scares me, even even with Brock Purdy. I mean, that's it. Just team that'll right. wear you down. So we're talking about the uh, the the path of doom for the Cowboys. What's the path of victory? Like, what's the ideal path to a an easy Super Bowl run here? Like, what, their best their best path out? their best path is winning Sunday. Uh, the Giants winning Sunday and the Cardinals beating the 49ers and the Cowboys getting the overall one seed, getting the bye in the first round and having home home field throughout. That is their absolute best. And then whatever teams you get because of that, so be it. That is their number one best scenario to get home field throughout, especially because of how well they've played. I mean, they've won their last eight home games. I mean, that's not something that just we're just not used to, you know. Would you agree with me that the Eagles more likely to lose than the 49ers on Sunday? Um, 49ers have the Cardinals. Yeah, I just don't. And, and Cliff's last game. I, would I imagine. mean, if you told me it was going to be Minshew, I'd say yeah. But I just think, I just think Hertz is going to be enough. Even though I don't, I don't think you will see him doing everything he was doing pre-injury. I think they're going to kind of ease him back in. But they're just like, look at that that touchdown pass that Minshew had to AJ Brown. I just find I feel like Jalen Hurts is going to find two or three of those in the game as yeah. opposed to just one. And and and. And you're playing against the Giants, not against the Saints, you know. So, um, 
I don't know. The interesting thing about all of this is that I do think the Eagles will win. I do think they'll get the one seed, but it is the Cowboys continuing to win and the way things have unfolded, it has forced them to put Jalen Hurts back on the field. And there's no question, question they did not want to do that. They wanted to have him sit for a full, you know, not have to play in any of these last three regular season games, have the bye, and then be ready as healed up as possible. They did not want him to have to play in this in this season finale to, to even get the win, you know. And granted, they might get up big. Maybe Giants don't play some of their key players. They're up by 30 at halftime, and maybe he doesn't. But the fact that he has to play at all, that I think that's a win for the Cowboys. I, I could be mistaken on this, but I think like the Eagles did say before last game that they wanted Jalen just to get a little bit of action, no matter oh, what yeah, they're happens lying. In, that's a lie in the me. finale. But yeah, I, I, but I, if you told me if you told me it was a non-throwing shoulder, I'd buy it on that on a throwing shoulder injury like that. And yeah. the fact that he's such yeah. a runner, I don't buy that at all on the rust thing. I think they want him to be as healthy as possible because. My thing with Jalen Hurts is it's not just like they just run him on like certain like, hey, there's going to be five or six plays a game. We're going to try and get him out in space. Like they run him on like second and 10 up the middle. You know, I mean, look yeah. at the play he got hurt on. That's not like some real wild play where it like breaks down and all of a sudden he's going to go like like a Justin Fields for 40 yards. Like, what was he going to get on that play? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, KT, to your question, I think I think I do think it's a little more likely that the Eagles lose, in my opinion. Um because David Blau is going to beat the 49ers. Oh, um, but, David Blau. But, what do you know about him, Sad? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, but I do think that, you know. That's only if Saad doesn't show up because Saad will fight for that job. That's right. I, I do think out. Brian. I like, Dang it. Gotta, gotta <laughs> I think Brian right Dayball is full of it, though. Like, yeah, I, I think too. he's full of it. I, I think he's going yeah. to rest, guys. Um, I, he's saying the right things. That's what you should be saying at the podium. Um, but that's not what his actions are going to show. So, uh, Jer- Jared, St- Jared Stidham was able to keep the Raiders in it. So maybe, maybe Blau's got, maybe he's got a little magic Dude. in him. Hey, he, he kept him in it last week too. There we go. We had a watch party in Carrollton for that. I'm so amazed at these quarterbacks I mean, Josh Dobbs, we talked about that could just come in and in two weeks be starting on a team that you weren't even on two weeks ago. Like I, I no. I'm blown away by that ability to just keep all that information flowing. No. Is it wrong for this, me to say I think it's embarrassing if you lose to a quarterback like that? <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, but I just uh, no, 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 all that all that talk after all that talk after that Tennessee game about how like well they pay their guys too and it's whatever blah blah. blah. Okay, that's fine. And, yeah, this and guy you guys, and like you guys won and you won by two touchdowns it. and it's fine. But if you would have lost to Josh Dobbs a week after he was on the Lions practice squad and you don't think we were all going to rip you for that, you're out of your <laughs> minds because that would have been embarrassing. Like the Baker Mayfield th- coming in. And, and 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 leading the Rams to victory, that's embarrassing. You can go out and say all the things you want to try and keep the locker room's psyche up and everything like that because you don't want it to be this doom and gloom thing, but that's embarrassing. Like one Baker's, week like Baker's at least an established veteran, but, you know, someone like Josh Dobbs or <laughs> David Blau or, like, whatever, like, those right. journeyman guys, they come in, and if they beat you when they were on another team's practice squad two weeks ago, that's absolutely embarrassing. Okay, sad. I mean... I, I'm a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. He probably will get my he would get my MVP vote almost every single year if I had one. But I'm sorry, the Cowboys shouldn't even lose to the Titans if if Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback and only five days he has to get ready for the game. I'm not saying it shouldn't be an entertaining game. I'm not I'm not saying that it shouldn't be close. Whatever. He's an amazing player. But your team has been your team all season long, and you're one of the best teams in the NFL. This guy has only had 
two practices, because let's be honest, that's what you really get in the NFL during a week, two real practices, and he leads that team to a victory over you, and you're a playoff team that has potentially has a chance to get the number one overall seed, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry, there's just no excuses for that either. I often like, wonder what uh, that game would have been like last Thursday night if you like reverse it, like if the Eagles played on Thursday night and they lost, would the Cowboys have played better on Sunday? Like, like think about what we we're kind of thinking going into that game because the Eagles hadn't lost that game yet, right? And you're just kind of like, okay, this game kind of matters. Tennessee, that game doesn't even matter for them. It's the Week 18 game that matters for them. And I just wonder, like, if you knew the Eagles lost on Thursday night, if the output that you had on Sunday is a little different. And I could be wrong. A short I mean, week is tough. Oh, it's tough on these guys. So We had some I, locker room availability on Monday. I did not get the sense of this great, like, oh, we're back in it, like, feeling at all. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I just feel like the guys have come to grips with the uh, to get to the Super Bowl, it's not going to be an easy ride. We're it's going to be For rough, sure. whatever it is. And if we have to win all these games on the road, so be it. And if by some chance, uh, you know, the Giants pull off an upset because it will be that because by game time, it, I mean, I think it's already close to 14 point spread uh, and they pull that off and, and, and you beat Washington. Hey, you'll take whatever you can get. But I don't think you can expect for that to happen. But hey, it, it's certainly you have to play all your st- or you have to do whatever you can to try and win. Both games are being played at the same time. But, you know, you sit there and look at it now and and, and it's easy to picture a, uh, the Giants aren't really playing everybody. And Jalen Hurts is going to throw for three touchdowns. And what? how do you know Jalen Hurts doesn't get hurt on the first series? And Minshew's got to come back in there and it's just awful. And they're doing this thing called, yeah. oh, I don't know, not getting any first downs for an entire first half. Let's say some something crazy like that happens. Um, and all of a sudden you're back in it, you know, so uh you, you have to. I, I just don't think you can just sit, guys, because you're like, yeah, I don't think the Giants can win that game. Um, da- uh, so it's kind of a transition into Washington, and, and that was interesting that Ron Rivera found out after the game that they were eliminated <laughs> from the playoffs. Come on, man. Okay, okay, and, well, let's, say with what? That. let's say with that. Let's say with that, Casey. What, what, is, what is worse to you, that or the idea of I brought in Carson Wentz, I found out that Carson Wentz was not the answer, but when the season mattered the most, I decided to go back to Carson Wentz. No, well, no, but did he know the season mattered the most? That's, uh, that's, that's my. There it's you all go. of it. Yeah. I got a lot on okay. this. So, so look, fair point. First of all, Ron Rivera seems like a really solid dude. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Seems like a great guy. Boom. All right. I did not like. You know what? I'll call. I'll call him out. Ian Rappaport. Who also made up stories like Zach Wilson having the yips and changing plays. Ian Rappaport, the NFL Network, <laughs> goes and he goes, I don't see what's so wrong about what Rivera said. These guys have the mindset of win now. You're the coach. You have to know if the season's on the line. It's a part of the thing that you're involved in. Otherwise, like- don't be in the NFL. I don't understand how that happens. That drove me nuts. And I mean, I... <laughs> He had a lot on his mind. They were going to unleash a new mascot. You know, there's just a lot going on. So that was, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that whole, yeah, I don't buy the whole, you just have the mindset to win because that's having, knowing that is part of that. Because what if he did, what if he thought he had another week? Would the quarterback decision have been different um, or something like that? I thought the same thing like 10, 15 years ago when Donovan McNabb went up there and said he didn't know the game could end in a tie. Like, oh, how yeah. are you a quarterback in the NFL and don't know that the game can end in a tie in a regular season? Like, th- those kind of, 
Because if you don't know that, you play the last possession of overtime different. So you have to know those things. There's no excuse for that. I'm this at a loss for words. To see all that happen. <laughs> and it, it, it and if, in most organizations, these are types of things that would lead to probably a change at that coaching position. But with this particular organization, you really don't know. Yeah, this is an oddity for them. Hey. Usually they have it really together. Hey, you know what it reminds me of? what they're doing. Have you guys all seen uh, Ted? Yeah. The movie Ted? Of course. Yeah. Okay. When when Ted is working at that supermarket and the uh, boss calls him in and he tells him, he tells him basically, you know, about the parsnip thing. And uh, I won't get into the details. You can watch the movie for yourself. And, you know, he just thinks he's about to get fired. And the boss just like, we need that. No, that took guts. We need guts. We that's need more the, of hey, that. that yes, that is that's Ron Rivera going into Snyder's office on Monday. Like, I like it. I like that move. We're giving you a contract yeah, extension. Got, this ought to distract from Major Tutty. Major Tutty, um, that's his name. I couldn't think of it. Where, 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 where are your right guys' there. thoughts on that? Terrible. Like everything Washington does. I'm terrible. glad it's not a human mascot. Like I like mean, Rowdy. Well, what if they what if they came to you, Kent, and said, "We're the Commanders, Kent, and we're going to give you a million dollars to come up with our next mascot." What would you What would you What would you design, Kent? I think you go. I think you go the gritty route, and you go the weirdest possible, so that everyone talks about it. Well, that pig is pretty weird. That pig is weird. <laughs> it, it's a little creepy, and I do respect the belly. Kent um, wants. But- Kent, Kent wants weirder. Uh, but you know, it's like we do. Are we rebranding or not? Are we the commanders? We're the commanders now. Yeah, I mean, I get it. The yeah, major they're not thing, the, but like they weren't the hogs. Leave the pig thing. Alone. Yeah, that, it's, that's it's the, that's old. Oh, yeah, they're just such trash. Um, although uh, that being said, I they could they could beat the Cowboys someday. I mean, I, I uh, I'll jump ahead to picks now. Yeah, um, uh, Cowboys twenty four twenty, and I don't see a very well. I, I kind of see a sloppy game here. I think Washington's got a pretty good defense. I, pro- are they going back to Heineke? Have they said yet? It's I don't Tuesday, know. That's so a good question. Yeah. I feel like I should I thought know they this, only went to Heineke in the beginning because Wentz got hurt, right? Um, true, well, no, true. But also, I mean, we've got multiple years now where when he's gotten into the game, it's been like a spark for the rest of the team, and they've played harder. Now, there certainly are limitations with, with Taylor Heineke that you will sit there and go, okay, I don't know if this guy's my future, and we're going to build the whole thing around him. But the team has rallied around him. They've clearly played yeah. their best ball over the last couple of seasons with him at quarterback. So I would think they'd go back to him. Uh, that would make the most sense if they want to have a chance. I don't know. So hopefully it's Wentz. If they're out though, <laughs> they got to find out. I mean, they're tied to Wentz for two more years. They gotta, okay. They got to let him play. That's a good point. You know, hey, they, they might think that play. they still got a chance to make the playoffs. We don't know. They actually <laughs> might think that. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I mean, dude, the look on his face even proved that he wasn't joking around or just ribbing. But you, you hit the nail on the head too, KT man, because. I really do like him, and I think he's a good dude. But yeah. it just there are certain things when you just see it, you're just like, "Yeah, man, that's cool." At like, for you to say something like that at like, I don't know, no shot. I, I don't want to disrespect Virginia Tech football, but Virginia Tech will say, "You're like, hey, says, you know, that's it is what it is." Well, hey, he's our guy. We like Bubba, but you're the coach of an NFL team. There's, I don't know, and, and it just it's so hard to get one of those jobs. I just, I almost feel like everybody sh- is like should be. And is overprepared in those situations, you know? 
I've been hard on McCarthy at times, and uh, Cowboys Nation in general has been hard on Jason Garrett. You wouldn't see either of those guys not knowing if the team has a chance to make the playoffs or not. That would never happen. Can you I know? Can, since you said that, I'm going to give you guys a a scenario here. Three possibilities. With two negative, one positive. Which is most likely to happen in the playoffs? A clock management, or no, a game management issue that is blamed on Mike McCarthy. That's one. Yes. Brett Maher missing a big field goal. Or Cavante Turpin finally taking one to the house in a big moment. Oh, most likely is definitely game management. Number game one. management. <laughs> definitely number oh, really? one. Really? I was going to go with uh, maybe a Turpin. I feel like he's return. due. Maybe it's because I, like I watched that right. Packers game, KT, yeah. but watching that Packers game, I was like, man, I feel like Turpin's kind of due to kind of break one, you know, either a punt or kickoff return in a big moment where you're just like, I honestly thought that that was going to happen in the Packers game against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The way that they were playing, I I'm like, oh, this Turpin's going to break one off here. This is going to be in a big moment, and it's going to be this huge start. And he just hasn't had it in really since the preseason, a really big return like that. And so it makes me wonder if like there that one of those things is going to happen. The man, you guys are right. The game management thing will be, but that's not just a Mike McCarthy thing. That's an NFL thing. I feel like with all the coaching sure. staffs, at some point, you know, whoever you think is the best coach, there's going to be some, for the most part, some issue in these games. They're so tight. Someone's going to do something that you're just like, <laughs> wow. No one talks about it when you get that right too. Like when you manage it, right. That's a good point. But I will say that if you're going to line up the playoff coaches. Put them all up there in a mugshot and go. All right, choose the seven of the fourteen coaches here who are most likely to not hurt you in a game. I'm not sure that Mike McCarthy makes the cut. Are you saying? So are you saying out of like the coaches out of the coaches that are going to make the playoffs? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was on the. You cusp. feel you feel more comfortable with him in those situations, or as your head coach, or uh, in the Bengals situation. I mean, I think the coach that uh, is lusted after the mo- well, it's a good question, the Bengals situation, but the coach that's lusted after the mo- most in this league is probably Kyle Shanahan, right? Yeah, and he is in charge of an offense that blew a twenty-eight to three Super Bowl. So, you know, not it's not like anyone's perfect here. So I'm with you on that. I don't know. Thinking of Shanahan, <laughs> though, what do you think about the old Owen, oh, uh, whatever it is now, fourteen or Owen oh fifteen, whatever teams are after they play the Forty ers That's pretty wild. No, that that's insane, and that is a honestly, it's a true sign of greatness. Yeah, I mean that is something that jumps but then, out as. But yeah, but there's two sides to every argument because here's the other, here's the flip side of it. I didn't, I wasn't watching the broadcast on Thursday night. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but at one point, didn't they point out about how something how Tennessee has the most injuries or something like that? Because I just think of the Tennessee Titans playing that style of ball too, where it's like, man, it's going to be real physical, and you know, you better you better bring a toughness with you or you'll get run over. And then they, I, I don't know. I just saw the, I, th- I want to say I saw it on social media somewhere. I didn't know if they, they put up the graphic during the game, but it was something about like in the last, I don't know, however many years Mike Vrabel has like the Titans have the most injuries or something like that. I didn't see yeah. the graphic, but that's interesting. Makes yeah, sense. And I think, I think the toughness, the, the tough thing with the Titans really for me comes from the aura of Derrick Henry more than like more than the entire team. I would say not, I do but don't think you think part are. of their run defense is part of that too? Like I just feel like they're bit. really solid on on that side of the ball, and 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 that obviously it's built that way to complement Derrick Henry. 
I mean, because heck, you want Derek. The, the most amazing thing for me with the Titans is when uh, they're down by a score too late in a game, and they have to hurry up, and it's like your best player is not even on the field because you have to hurry up. So they obviously yeah. want to play that style. I mean, he's he is the face of the team, no question. But I think their defensive style and the players they've added on defense kind of add to it, I guess. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree with that for sure. But I, John, I think even looking at the last week, like watching the Steelers and Ravens play and thinking back to their heyday, like when I think of like just tough, crazy defenses, you know, that are that are really hard to go against. I think about like those mid 2000 Steelers and Ravens as like oh, the yeah, book of that. For sure. Hey, can, uh, let's just spend a quick second on Tyler Biotish. Um, yeah. That's a important injury, I think. Um, I mean, it's you had to choose it. Well, I don't want to play that game, but like <laughs> saying like the, uh, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a very big deal. I, we see, we saw the Vikings actually have to go to their third string center the other day, and it cost them copious amounts of yardage. Um, so Connor McGovern slides over. And we're we're good here. Where everything everybody's comfortable. So yeah, that's the plan for this week is for Connor McGovern to play. I mean, basically what it is is the offensive line to be this week what it was at the end of the game against Tennessee. You know, McGovern moving over, uh, Jason Peters at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard, but Matt Farniak, they're they're opening his practice window, so it sounds like he's getting close to returning. He would obviously be one of your backups because he can do really he can play any of those interior positions, so that'll help. But they believe Biotis will be back for the playoffs. Now I will say I saw him in the locker room on Monday. Um, before he, when he had his boot off. And I mean, that's some serious swelling as you'd expect with an, uh, you know, an injury of, I mean, if you saw the replay, you saw it was pretty nasty. So, uh, but he's in, still in the walking boot, a lot of swelling still. So, uh, I don't know, man, there's just that part of you that, as you guys know, with the Cowboys, they have a, they, they, they have a tendency to be a little over optimistic when it comes to injuries. And I battle with just dismissing it because, I kind of did that when Jerry was saying at the beginning of the year that Tyron Smith will be back for like the meat of the season. And then uh, he said at the, um, during training camp that, oh no, we expect Damone Clark to like have an impact and everything. And and I'm rolling my eyes at those times. Like, no, that's not going to happen. He's just trying to be positive. And both of those have happened. And then Leighton Vanderesh and Dak. and Dak, there you go. Yeah. And then Leighton Vanderesh, same thing. And, you know, we talked to Leighton for a few minutes on Monday and, and, you know, he's, he's ready to roll like for that first playoff game. And and if they probably had to win Sunday to make the playoffs or it was a playoff game uh, on Sunday against Washington, he probably would play in that game, but they feel like, Hey, let's give him another week so that he's as close to uh, back as, as he can be. So it sounds like they're going to get, they're hopeful. They think that for the playoffs, they're going to have Biotish back, Leighton Vander Esch and Jonathan Hankins. So that's a, I mean, that's a boost if you can get them, but I mean, hey, uh, even, and, and, and if not, I mean, you want McGovern taking as many snaps as possible because yes, I mean, he takes the practice reps from time to time during the week, but that's not the same as, especially a, a team like Washington. That's good on, on its defensive front, like have him go through that fire. I mean, Hey, there's probably going to be some, I mean, heck look at the Tennessee game. There was that bad snap with, I don't know if I didn't watch the replay. Actually, I probably should go back and do that. But the, the fumble between Dak and, and, and Biotish on that, you know, so there's always a chance of that stuff happening. Obviously I think the Cowboys are better off with Tyler Biotish at center. Um, but Connor McGovern might be okay. We'll see, you know. All right, let's hit picks. I got Cowboys 24-20. Go to you, Saad. I got Cowboys 30 to 20. Okay. What's the line yeah. on this game, by the way? It's moved all over the place. I think it's at five and a half right now. Let me double check. Okay. At time it, of recording this podcast. I saw four and a half yesterday. I saw four and a half yesterday too. 
Um, as at the time of recording this podcast, it is right now Cowboys minus five and a half. Five and a half. Okay. Over under a 41, which is about right. Uh, yeah, Brian Robinson, tough to tackle there. There's a few things, few things, you know. It's just uh, Philadelphia is favored like by 14 right now. The 49ers <laughs> are also favored by 14. Sorry. Yeah. Jeez. Go on. What's yeah. up, Kent? What's That's your all. pick? I'll go Cowboys 20, Washington football team 17. All right. I think and it's going to be a sloppy game, too. I'm going to go Commanders 14, Cowboys 28. <laughs> I see what you did with the backwards. <laughs> I hate to get too predictable, right? Hate to right. Get too predictable. I don't care uh, about I any know. of this. I, hey, I'll be honest with you. Joe, Joe Namath talking to uh, Susie Culver. I couldn't care less about anything other than I just want to hear about these these uh, albums right here. I couldn't oh, care God. less about this football game. God, what a what a moment that was. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> that was a really good moment in sports. Yes. I mean, bad for Susie. But bad for Susie, <laughs> yeah. But a uh, uh, memorable moment. Oh, it wasn't bad for Joe? <laughs> like, that's uh, pretty Joe's going to Joe, man. <laughs> Joe's Joe's no, it. That didn't surprise anybody about Joe. So Susie to, had to endure it, though. That happens TV. in 2019. It might have been bad for Joe. This team is struggling. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All I right. Can, can. Um, <laughs> here we go. KT's top five albums, favorite albums at this moment. I guess that's the qualifier. They're his favorite. They're not I what he thinks are the best underground albums. bullshit either. Ever. I'm with the hits. Um. Um, so yeah, here's a uh, here's number five, KT. You need to set this up in any way. He started the day with. Would it be a KT list without Polyphonic Spree? Yeah, I was going to say. Question. Yeah. Dallas legendary band, the Polyphonic Spree, number two. The album, uh, and they're my second favorite band of all time, right? Second favorite band of all time. The thing about this album, every song has so many sections, and you'll learn something about me, is I love songs that are roller coasters. Chorus now! Uh, lots of big sections. I like all that stuff. How many band yeah. members? It's always somewhere between 15 and 30. Never really know. Whenever you post Have you been in the Polyphonic Spree yet, KT? I haven't, but I... Do you really uh, live in Dallas if you've never been in the Polyphonic Spree? Whenever you post a, like, a video from one of the shows you're at, I'm always like, I think there's more people on the stage than the last time he posted a video. You <laughs> need to get up <laughs> there. More. You need to get up there. They need to get you up there. Would you say you're their biggest fan, or do they have bigger fans than you? They've got bigger fans than me. Yeah. For sure. How many that albums do they cool. have, and how many how, how how many albums do they have, and how many were in contention for this spot? Uh, they have five albums or so. And by the way, I, I weeded out no live albums, no yeah, yeah. any you know all studio stuff here. Is this uh, one clearly your favorite, or is it was there some debate? Was, My favorite in there is KT. Debate. Is uh, yes, it's true. Oh yes, from twenty thirteen. Very mm-hmm. good. Yes, great record. Um, What's you know it's really good if you go to a polyphonic spree show and I'm there. Oftentimes the lead singer Tim will you know give me a big shout out and that's always good. Who that's could awesome. imagine in this world that one of your rock icons will look you in the eyes at a concert and and shout you out? It happens every freaking time. That's awesome. Um, so he's yeah, originally he's originally from too. Dallas. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, polyphonic spree. Yeah. Number four, Kent. Here we go. Oh, Radiohead, KT. In Rainbows by Radiohead. This is my favorite Radiohead record, too. Yeah. So two sides on that one. Radiohead's probably not a top ten band for me, but uh, I know a lot of people... It's probably not? Uh, I like Radiohead. I like Radiohead a lot, but they're not a top ten favorite band of mine. Um, When I was looking up albums on... on, uh, When I was looking up top albums on uh, Rolling Stone... They had several on there, obviously. They're, they have some diehard fans and you obviously know, been very successful. A lot of people will say, okay, Computer, maybe Kid A. The Benz is my second favorite album of theirs. But, uh, uh, you know, this yeah, album's... Mine. 
too. Yeah, this this, this album covers a, a broad span of sounds and goes mm-hmm. all over the map. It's got some upbeat songs, got a couple slower ones, and got some heavy yeah. songs. Yeah. Yeah. Were you at the Smile show the other week, KT? I didn't go. I, I had a concert the night before that, so yeah, that prevented me from going to the Smile. I couldn't do two in a how, row. How, I'm getting it old. Was how do you act? How do you act at one of their shows uh, compared to how you act at the previous band shows? <laughs> it just seems like a way different vibe. <laughs> well, you're, yeah. you're. Let's just say you're inebriated, but in a different way. I just feel like so again, I'm going off of videos that you post. I haven't seen either live. But like I'm going off of videos that I've seen Tim Kalashaw post from Radiohead concerts, and then off of the polyphonic ones that you post, and it just seems like two way different shows. Well, they're obviously playing huge arenas too, whereas that's true. Okay, yeah, that's playing fair. the Majestic Theater or something. <laughs> that's fair. That's uh, fair. You know, you're gonna get a lot of confetti shot in your face at a polyphonic spree show. Okay. Um, okay. and, you know, potential for balloons and things like that. Radiohead, you're not getting that. You're getting good lights. You know, you're getting okay. good lights. And you're getting a guy who doesn't care what you think, uh, you know, at a Radiohead show. Oh, <laughs> and my favorite is to go see an act that doesn't want to play any of the hits. Love that. Uh, yeah, there's a good chance they won't play Creep. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Maybe bring out uh, Dave Chappelle to sing it. Have you seen that, by the way? They do, they I do, do that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> That wasn't them, uh, though. They played Creep on their last tour. They'll play it every now and then. But They'll he wasn't it every at, once in a while. Dave Chappelle didn't do it at their show. He, he did, did it at the Foo Fighters. That's the Foo Fighters. All right. Here's uh, your number three, KT. Knew there was going to be Modest Mouse on here. R.I.P. Their drummer this week, right? Yes. Drummer Jeremiah Green passed away at the age of 45. I'm always Damn. a main. I'm more of a mainstream Modest Mouse guy. Me too. But you're more of a deep cut Modest Mouse diehard. Uh, well, yeah, their 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 big hits flowed on from 2004, and Jeremiah Green, their drummer, did not play on that record. Um, when you said you went to one, that though, show, when you said you went to that show and they didn't play that, pissed me off. They didn't play "Float On" when we saw them with the Black Keys. That was weird. Yeah. We know they. They uh, didn't play it a month ago, but the reason is because they were playing this album straight through. Because it was how, many, how many songs is this? How many 25th songs? 25th year, uh, 15. Okay. And they played like a three-song encore after kind of like other deep cuts. It was a, uh, a more, uh, I'd say, more into the band type of audience type thing. But they're my third favorite band of all time. and it just Where was it that was, at? Uh, it was at uh, Southside Ballroom. And he, he played drums with them. Uh, despite having cancer, he, he was there. Um, he passed away last week. You know, he'd had cancer for a bit and was fighting it, but he was on tour. And this album's wild because they started implementing hip hop beats, you know, into their songs, and then that's just kind of a textured thing. The album's called "The Lonesome Crowded West," and it's really about them as a band touring all over, and some of the stories that you have on the road, and you're writing about seeing the world because they were too poor to see anything but the Pacific Northwest, and now they're finally on tour. And it's really kind of a cool album if you think about it that way. But the thing about that album, you'll notice like I like a lot of different styles of music, right? Just like a lot of people do. But like this album has songs that sound like punk rock, songs that sound like that one has like hip hop beats behind it and guitar texturing and sampling. Um, You have songs that sound like country songs. You have songs on there that sound just like indie rock songs. And there's a couple songs on there that sounds like 80s songs. Like it's got a big mesh of sounds. 
and it was their second album, you know, in 1997 and kind of sticks with me. This is a tough exercise because if you ask me in two years, I might be like, it's another album from them, but they're my third favorite band and really got into them right when I was getting my driver's license. And you know how that works, right? Oh man. Good news. CDs, man. Good news (laughs) came out when I was in high school. That was such a vibe record. Every Friday night we'd, we'd put that on and and hang out. That was a great one. Uh, all right, only two bands left, and it's going to be these two bands. So, what order is it going to be in? Let's find out. Number two for my. F- okay, yeah, number two. You got it. Oh yeah, Dave Life from my favorite band ever. John likes this one. I do. This is a song written about Dirk. Number forty-one. When's he going to start scatting? Get ready, side for the saxophone. <laughs> Here's Larry Nance trying to cover Dirk. Look at Dirk (laughs) rising with Larry Nance. Listen to that. I will say my favorite thing about the Dave Matthews band is Carter Beaufort, the drummer. Yeah, he's uh, the greatest drummer on earth. Unbelievable. Great drummer. Uh, And again, another band that has a lot of songs that are textured and it's big sections. Right, and I know I'm not just talking like verse chorus. Like the song will shut down in a minute and go into a whole different vibe. And I always kind of like stuff like that. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, and they're a band who is jazz instrument, jazz people who had a fiddle guy in their band. Yeah. Right after grunge, like who does that? What else yeah. is on this they're album? A what else, What would I know off this album? So much to say. No. Oh, too much. Me. Two step. Crash Into Me is the song everyone yeah. knows, of course. This and is a good one. fire, dude. There were, there, were a couple, there were a couple Dave Matthews albums I looked through when uh, we were doing this exercise. Under the Table and Dreaming, maybe, that one. Uh, maybe a little Before These Crowded Streets. Check every, that out. No, every it was, day, it was, is that one? To be honest with you, it was very similar to, and I'm not trying to ruin it if, if this is on there for you, but it was very similar no. to The Killers for me, where I just, I like a lot of their songs, but there wasn't that one album that, like has, I don't know. I just feel like it's spread out. Like I kind of said with Sad with the Drake thing. Like there's just he has so many songs that I like. Rihanna too will be playing at the Super Bowl halftime show that we will see when yes. we're all there. No, Killers um, need to do the Super Bowl. Honestly, but there's they so many that are like spread out over several yeah. albums. Where I was, the my top five albums ended up having a lot of my favorite songs on one album. But anyway, all right, here we one. go. Number one. So to answer your question, I guess his favorite is Samstown. That's a, I mean, it's yeah. good. I'm main. I'm mainstream. I'm hot fuss. You know, that's good. There's too. a big. Uh, I'm a normie. There's a big war between Killers fans of hot fuss versus uh, Samstown, and you know why can't they're we both just have two great albums? Yeah, they're both yeah. great. Um, this is um an interesting album because I don't. I mean, I think you could say Samstown probably has more pure bangers on it, but. Sam's Town oh. is a ride. And All these things that I've done, somebody told me. I know. Oh, I know. My favorite song of all time is on Hot Fuss. I mean, I'm... Mr. Know. Brightside, come on. Yeah. But Sam's Town, though, is huge for me because I went to college as a small-town boy from a town of 3,000 people, a graduating class of 40, go to UNT and have no friends until I stumbled into Ted Emmerich one day, and he's like, hey, come with me to the radio station. But, like... 
you like sit there and go, I didn't have any, and I went and bought that in September or October of 2006, just so lonely in the dorm and so introverted. And that album really helped me. I needed that album okay. because uh, never forget it, man. That's a that's a awesome. And I also like that track two of the album is a song called Interlude, where there's like, "Hey, we hope you enjoy your stay. Come on in." And this love is it. an album. I love it, man. Seriously, I love that. I've seen yeah. them one time live. It was in New Jersey, and I love when they do that. Is I think yeah. it's awesome. When they did, um, Jenny was a friend of mine. KT from Hot Fuss, the opener from that from that album at the show uh, a couple months ago. Woo. That'll get you going. That one got I'll me tell going, you what I'll sure. tell you what'll get you going is that you have not lived until you've seen KT do karaoke and start yelling oh. that he's got he's I got, got soul but I'm he's not got a soldier. soul but he's not yeah. a soldier. When you've seen that life is complete. <laughs> no karaoke party is complete without that. That is for sure. Well, What's weird what? is when you look over and Bobby Belt standing on the bar, like, what are you doing, dude? Get down. <laughs> Get Why down. is that happening? <laughs> Great list, KT. That Great was list. a good oh. list. That was uh, a very good list. I, I, thank you. I'll be honest. Like, for me, like, the uh, the first two you played, I wasn't really uh, – I didn't listen too much to those. But the the, the top three were really good. Really solid. Well, I would I, love for Saad to just get super into Radiohead randomly. <laughs> Become that uh, guy. Please do it. Please just go on a Radiohead deep dive after this podcast. You know what? I might just because just because it's not like I don't like Radiohead. I've just never given them a chance. So I'll make you a playlist, son. I'm gonna make sure it's not boring. Okay. Because they'll put you to sleep. I mean, they'll take any opportunity they can to put you to sleep. But (laughs) sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes honorable mention to a speaker box in the love below. Mm, um, There we go. Because man, that is. Just nonstop getting after it right there. And I don't you need even a little hip hop on your list. I know I thought about it, but I was like, are we doing this honestly? Or are we like, I'm not going to manufacture it, but that is something. That if we were not doing it honestly, do you think I would have forever? If we were, if we were just manufacturing things just to make people happy, do you really think I would have had the rumors album on mine? Come on. It has yeah. to be whatever you like, you know? The, the, the truth is there would have been like a possible, uh, Outcast. Uh, I'm a huge fan of "Awaken My Soul," the Childish Gambino album, and also really like Garth Brooks. So, like, there's yeah. a lot of different ways we could go here. Right. Well, that's is uh, gonna do it for another episode of About Them Cowboys. Is that our outro music this week? I'm okay <laughs> with that, man. I kind of like week. that. Um, we will uh, be in touch with you Sunday night. Sunday night during Packers Lions. Mm. Am I right here, guys? John, you're sure. gonna be in Washington. Yes, sir. Is that the plan? During Packers and Lions. I can do it. All right. During Packers and Lions. Yes, sir. All right. If you want to do it after, I'm cool with that. You don't think think I already don't know the outcome? (laughs) Hold on. The game matters. (laughs) It's against the Packers, and it's in Green Bay. I mean, I don't know where you want me to go from this. I've already seen the outcome plenty of times in my miserable life. No. Lions have a chance this, this time. This team is dude. different, John. This yeah, team different. is different. One pride. We're here to bite ankles uh, or kneecaps, kneecaps or whatever. For Father John Michaud, make sure you follow him. He's got a great piece up about uh, five things that could derail the Cowboys. He'll have some other stuff throughout the week as it is Tuesday. For Saad Youssef, covering those Dallas Stars who are kicking butt. Keep following our man Saad. And our producer, Kent Garrison. I'm KT. We'll see you Sunday night on About Them Cowboys. Play, play, play.
told him I got a birthday coming up here real quick. <laughs> I don't have time to have a bad time. <laughs> it ain't on my schedule. <laughs>